Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi and welcome to Frequency Cast 51, the UK's online digital TV and technology show. The show that's based on feedback from you. My name's Carl and with me as ever is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there. In today's show, we look at the digital future. What's next for the UK's TV, radio and internet? Here's a look at what else we're covering in today's tantalising take on technology. Sky is coming to a freeview box near you. A taste of picnic, a look at the world of handheld comms and PMRs. Home plug power line adapters are not breaking shortwave, says Belkin. We discuss how the Digital Economy Act will affect your broadband service. Plus your feedback on Freeview, HD, ITV1 HD and MP3s. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time and the big story has revolved around Apple. Debate continues around the leaked pictures of the alleged new iPhone. An Apple employee apparently left a prototype iPhone on a bar stool in Redwood City. It found its way into the hands of the gadget site Gizmodo, who dissected it and published the pictures. Police raided the Gizmodo boss's home, and apparently the phone is now back with Apple. What's believed to be the prototype of the new iPhone has a front-facing camera, improved screen, camera flash, is ever so slightly smaller, and has a larger battery. There are also rumours of an Apple announcement in June. Some 3D news now. The first 3D TV is now available. It's a Samsung 40-inch Freeview HD TV and it's in stock at John Lewis for £1,799. The required active shutter glasses will set you back £149 for two pairs. Link on our show notes. Football fans should note that it looks like although you'll be able to see England play in the World Cup in HD, there are no plans for early games to be available on 3D TV. 3D fans may also be interested to know that the Sun newspaper will be releasing a 3D edition on the 5th of June, presumably with a tastefully done page 3. Next, news for Sky Broadband customers. The basic 2 meg service offered free to users is set to increase from the 1st of June. Customers will see speeds increase to up to 20 megabits per second, but the service will only remain free if you subscribe to Sky Talk, otherwise it's a fiver a month. Some navigation news now. Google has just launched free turn-by-turn navigation for their Android phones. If you have an Android phone, download the free Google Maps update from the Android market. Staying with navigation, TomTom's running an odd offer. Get yourself a TomTom Go Live before the 8th of June, and in the unlikely case that England will win the World Cup, you'll get your money back. Nice. There's not much in the way of HD news for this month, but a couple of headlines. Freeview HD comes to Shetland in May, and S4C HD launched in Wales on Freeview Channel 53 on the 30th of April. It also looks like the first Freeview HD PVR is now only a few weeks away. Keep an eye on our news page. Next, complaints from radio amateurs and shortwave enthusiasts continue to be voiced about the Powerline home plug adapters. These are devices that send computer data around a home's mains wiring. Although they're very handy for pushing data around the home, they allegedly radiate RF interference that ruins the radio spectrum for others. One manufacturer, Belkin, has issued a statement about their compliance. See their statement and have your say via today's show notes. Next, offer of the month. Do you do a lot of texting? If so, consider getting yourself a SIM card from T-Mobile. They're currently offering free texts for life on their pay-as-you-go SIM cards. Get two free from the link on our show notes. 
And finally, owning an iPhone won't make you more desirable after all. In April, a survey appeared claiming that 54% of women surveyed would date a man who owned an iPhone, with a third saying that iPhone users were likely to be more reliable. The survey was reportedly carried out on behalf of Phones for You, who subsequently claimed that the survey was issued without their consent or approval. Our own unofficial survey, based on the pics on our Facebook fan page, show that listeners to FrequencyCast are not only attractive, but they're also intelligent and well-informed too. Yep, you're all gorgeous. For more on what we've covered today, check out our news section at www.frequencycast.co.uk slash news. Thank you, great news once again, and uh, now we're going to focus in on the future. Oh, that sounds like fun. What's this, Martin McFly in the dock? Let's go for it. Yeah, Pete Mystic Meg. And today's horoscope reads like this. Well, we're going to talk about the future of TV, radio and the internet in the UK. What would you like to start with? Um, TV, because I know all about it. In 2012, we're all going digital, aren't we? Absolutely right, yes we are. And a quick reminder, by 2012, your analogue TV services, which affect your TV and your video recorders and DVD recorders, will all be switching to digital, so you need to be digital ready. Now, some of the UK's done this. Where has had the switch completed now? Wales are all done and dusted, and now we're moving south? Yeah, well, Wales and Granada have done it. Uh, We're finding South West are doing it at the moment. We've got Scotland doing it later this year. 2011, we've got Central Anglia and Yorkshire. And 2012, we've got Meridian, Tyne Tees, Ulster and London. And if you haven't made the switch yet, you need to be looking at switchhelp.co.uk for some friendly advice. So, what are we going to do next? Well, we've done TV. What about the next one? Uh, Radio. Okay. before I start diving into radio, have you heard about the Digital Economy Bill? No. Should I have done? What will it do for me? Where have you been then? Um, Bathroom. Okay. well, do you remember last year we talked about something called Digital Britain? Uh, Vaguely. So the Digital Britain report talked about analogue radio being switched off by 2015. Okay, why is it too loud? Should I turn it down? (laughs) So analogue radio being switched off by 2015, that was the proposal. Now the Digital Economy Bill went through its final sitting at the House of Commons on the 6th of April 2010, and now it's law. Uh, 6th of April, wasn't that with the major clear out of government? Were they dissolving people or something? Absolutely. So that was the date that Gordon Brown decided to announce the date of the general election. So basically, there's this thing called the wash-up, where all these bills that were kind of halfway through going through government were sort of rushed through at the last minute. This one actually went through at 11 o'clock on the evening of the 6th of April and really has not had a huge amount of debate. Hold on a minute. If this went through on the dissolved day or or whatever, who was there for it? (laughs) Yeah, interestingly enough. Right, hang on, have a look at this. A photograph of the House of Commons with about 30 people there. Is that the day? Oh, there's the date. Oh, great. Yep, there you go. So about 30 MPs bothered to turn up to discuss the future of TV, radio and the internet in the UK. Wonderful. Obviously another important issue after that, they went on to the NHS, yeah? I think they went home for lunch at about midnight, but anyway, that's another story. So yes, this is now law. The Digital Economy Bill is now the Digital Economy Act. And one of the parts of that is to do with the FM switch-off. And the plan is, by an undisclosed date, they haven't actually announced the date yet, FM radio will switch off. Right. So, why... And what will happen to all the radio stations? Okay, the reason why is everyone should be going digital. There's more choice on digital, and exactly the same as they've done with TV. The intention is no more analogue, switch to digital. Right, so everything will still be available, but digital service. So any station that's on FM and AM at the moment will be switching over to digital. That will free up FM for something called ultra-local radio. 
What, you mean like next door neighbour broadcasting? Yeah, pretty much. Community-sized, town-sized, little itty-bitty radio stations. There's one big problem, though. Can you see what that problem's going to be? Not immediately, no. Right, your car radio with FM in it, if you've got ultra-local radio stations, it means every time you drive a couple of miles, you lose the station that you were listening to, and you're going to have to retune. Either that, or you rip out your old car radio and pay for an expensive new dab radio. Oh dear, and I can see manufacturers really milking that for their benefit, aren't they? I mean, you have to pay through the nose for a Ford radio as it is. Can you imagine what they're going to do then? So the other thing is, you're going to be driving along. If you're listening in FM, it's just going to keep changing stations, so you're not going to get that all-important traffic report, which means if you're relying on the information, well, this all seems to have been well-planned. Whose choice was this? Well, it gets worse than that, though. There's a few other problems with DAB. For a start, not that many people have actually got a DAB radio. DAB radios are rather expensive, and the broadcast industry is still kind of mixed about DAB. So I don't know if you remember, but last Last year, a whole bunch of stations switched off DAB. Global Radio decided they didn't want to do DAB as well as FM. And, of course, the recent BBC announcement... About Six Music, you're going to tell me? Them pulling out? Yeah, because they can't afford it. So lots of stations can't afford it. And on top of that, wasn't DAB Plus out? So a lot of those new devices that we've all bought are all ready for the skip. Well, that is the biggie. We've got DAB. The rest of Europe have got DAB Plus. And we finally made the decision to go with DAB Plus, which effectively means a lot of existing radios that people have got that are DAB-enabled will be obsolete when we go DAB Plus. A lot of problems and a lot of reasons why the FM switch-off hasn't been overly well thought out. Great. So, how else am I going to be affected? Well, what about the internet? Should we talk about that one? Go on then. Okay, so the big thing that's come in is this business about infringement of other people's copyright and protection against peer-to-peer file sharing. So tell me what you know about that. Well, if you've got something on your computer, you can share it with someone else, i.e. TV, music, movies. You can file share with someone else. That's all I know. Okay, fair enough. I'm kind of on the fence about this one because there's a lot of copyright infringement and a lot of downloading of movies and and music illegally. And fair enough, something has to be done. Unfortunately, I think what they've done is not going to help anyone. It's going to make matters far worse. So there's a, a bunch of different types of these copyright infringers out there. You've got people that steal movies, and, you know, fair enough, you shouldn't steal a handbag, you wouldn't steal a whatever, as all the ads say. I've seen that trailer. But things like TV shows, maybe, where you've got a TV show that's on in America, like Lost, uh, it's going to be six months before the UK gets some of these TV shows, so people have found a way of downloading an American TV show and watching it in the UK. Now, is that as bad as stealing a movie? Well, no, you can go to America and watch it if you want, can't you? You still get to see it, just go and watch telly in America for two weeks. And you've got the same issue with music. What about if you want a piece of music that's not available on CD anymore, or is yet to be released? Is it theft to actually download that piece of music if it's not commercially available somewhere else at a reasonable price? Well, now, there's a problem there, because if you want something and you can't get hold of it, what do you do to get hold of it? There's got to be some way. Maybe we need to start a new shop that can provide that sort of service. I mean, wasn't there someone that was actually going to start compiling your own CD? You could actually request what ended up on your CD and they'd make the album for you there and then. What happened to that? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, well, it's been replaced with things like Last FM, where you can actually listen to your own type of music. But there's still a bunch of people that want content, are prepared to pay for it if it's available, but just can't get hold of it, so they will take the shortcut of downloading it from a peer-to-peer website. Okay. So the government is going to start getting a bit draconian about this and policing it. They're now going to force the internet service providers to enforce copyright protection. So if if a copyright owner sees something that's gone wrong, they can talk to the government and talk to the ISPs and get a couple of things done. One is sites banned, so the government can force the ISPs to shut down certain websites if they're deemed to be doing something that infringes uh, copyright. Oh, I see, 1984 censorship. Yep, that's it. And the other one is if a, a user 
is seen to be downloading copyright material, the ISP can be forced to switch that user off the internet completely. Oh, all right, okay. So, off with his head, or at least his internet connection. Is that right? So, this is where it's all rather frustrating. This bill that has gone through, the Digital Economy Bill, which is now law, it's now an official act of Parliament, um, has, has not been overly well thought through. So, there's a whole bunch of little loopholes here. So, for a start, where we sit in the studio, if I look at my iPhone and I switch the Wi-Fi service on, I can see one unprotected wireless network, yes? Yep. Now, we know that's a building about two buildings away from where we are now. Right. So I can connect for free onto that person's connection and start downloading content. So you can get them all arrested. Absolutely. So that will show up as their IP address and I can do what I want on their IP address. Well, that's jolly nice of you. So what's going to happen now is any service that offers free internet, so you get lots of airports and coffee shops and bars and things that offer free wireless internet, now they're going to have to start being really, really careful. So they're going to have to police their own Wi-Fi connections. Well, surely it'll just be easier to stop providing the service for the customers, though. Absolutely. So we're going to lose our free internet in hotels, coffee shops, libraries, cyber cafes, all that kind of thing, because these little companies that provide this free service aren't going to want to be taken to court because someone's done something dodgy. That's crazy. Is anyone doing anything about this? Well, talk, talk. They haven't really been our favourite internet provider here at FrequencyCast, but they have actually stood up and said, we will fight this. If we get requests from the government to cut off our customers, we'll take it to court and fight to protect our customers. Hear, hear, talk, talk. And the ISPA, who, for those that don't know, is the Internet Service Providers Association, have described these clauses relating to the policies as unworkable and serving only to preserve failing business models. Oh, great. So, actually, what would be easier is if they revise the business models. There must be a way forward. What What would you do? Well, you see, this is it. There's a whole bunch of people that want their interests protected. Those that make TV shows want to sell it first to America and then sell it to the UK and make double the advertising. So, the US advertising, the UK advertising. And make double the amount of money on selling the movie in the first place. Yeah, the film companies, they're going to do the film release... The DVD release, the box office release, the pay TV release, and then the free-to-air TV release. So they want all their different chunks for showing it in different regions and in different formats. And all that revenue. And then, of course, you've got the music providers. Now, this is a nice little discontinuity. How much does a CD cost in the shops? Ten ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine, somewhere around that. Right, and if you're buying it from an online music store? Uh, $7.99? So you think, given that there is no need to physically press a CD and print off a label and stick it on a lorry and take up shelf space in shops and have people to physically sell it, you think it would be a lot cheaper, but it isn't. And that's because everyone is protecting the old business model. The record companies want their cut, the retailers want their cut, the distributors want their cut, and so on. That's just craziness. So personally, what I think should be happening is the music companies, the film companies, the TV companies, rather than forcing governments to force through this unworkable legislation, should find better ways of making people pay for this content. So things like micropayments that we see with iTunes, where you can just buy things for a few P, you don't have to worry about filling in credit card forms and the like. Something that makes this stuff easier to buy... If you do want to watch an American TV show, make it available, but at a premium, so people can buy it legitimately. Well, that makes far more sense. Because if you've got people willing to pay, why not let them pay? Seems like they're making a rod for their own backs, really. Let me give you an interesting story. Sweden. You're a fan of Sweden, aren't you? Oh, yes. All the music from ABBA. I don't know what accent that was, but hey, yeah, all of the above. I like a sauna with a bit of ABBA music. So Sweden was the home of Pirate Bay, who's one of the big file-sharing websites out there. April last year, Sweden decided to crack down on it, and they brought in very similar laws to the ones that we've got. Right, and did it work? Well, yes, it did. The internet traffic dropped by about 30%. Oh, well, that's the end of that. However, a couple of months later, that number started to go back up again, and now there's more internet traffic than there was before. Oh, 
Sneaky, very, very sneaky. How and why? Well, one important difference, the traffic that's now being swapped around between internet providers and users has all been encrypted. So basically, users have found out that there are some nice technical workarounds, changing your IP address, masking, encrypting your traffic to make it much harder to police. Right. But that won't happen with us because the person that's dealing with it, our Member of Parliament, is obviously an expert in computers and shareware and software and files. And he's a computer man, isn't he? Who have they got? Bill Gates? Or who did they hire in? Yeah, you're remembering the story I told you a little bit earlier. Stephen Timms. Oh, Tim Berners-Lee. Oh, yes, I remember him. No, Stephen Timms. Tomsinkin. That well-known chap is the Minister for Digital Britain. And he sent a letter to an MP where he completely mucked up the difference between intellectual property and internet protocol. He was talking about an IP address, which is what a computer addresses, as intellectual property address. So the minister in charge of this new legislation doesn't know the difference between intellectual property and internet protocol. Oh, that's just super. Having said that, there is one piece of good news. One bit of legislation that was going to go through isn't, which is rather nice. When the Digital Britain report came out, there was talk of every home getting 2 meg internet access. Seems like a good idea. But the downside to that was everyone with a fixed landline would have to pay £6 a year for the infrastructure changes. Uh, That's not very helpful. That one didn't go through. Now, can I get a little political here? No. Oh, go on, let me. We are a few days away from a general election. Before you think about who you're going to vote for, do us a favour, go to this website, votethemout.co.uk. When you're there, put in your postcode. It will tell you what your MP did about the Digital Economy Act. Did they bother turning up and how did they vote? That'd be helpful. One other address for you, openrightsgroup.org is the campaign for the freedom of the British internet. Let's walk and talk. Okay, Carl, the next thing we're going to talk about is walkie-talkies. Over. Uh, Roger that. Walkie-talkies. Do you remember when you were a kid, you used to have one of those little walkie-talkies with the huge telescopic aerials? What, you mean one of these? (laughs) Oh, wow. Haven't seen one of those for ages, the little Morse code buttons on the front. Cool. Yeah, and it gives you all the coding as well. So you can do your own Morse code. It took hours to work out what A was. <laughs> oh, your dotter you are. Anyway, things have moved on since those walkie-talkies. And we now have things like these, which aren't called walkie-talkies anymore, are they? I don't know, aren't they? I always call them walkie-talkies. Uh, they're now called PMRs. PMRs, what does that stand for? Private Mobile Radio. It's the uh, posh name for walkie-talkies. Uh, the reason we're going to talk about these is because these are a growing thing. If you're out and about, you're on a bike, you're going out and about with your family, you want a little device, doesn't cost you the same as having a mobile phone costs you. Or, or indeed, if you're in two cars, you can communicate car to car uh, without the need to faff about with mobile phones and text messages. So these are pretty good, and they've come on a heck of a long way since the old walkie-talkie days. OK, let me have a look at that one. What have we got? So it's, this one's by Cobra. So there you go, this is a Cobra MT975 that we've been sent to review. Rather nice little walkie-talkie, does the job beautifully. Claims to have a range of 13 kilometres, but we'll be putting that to the test a little bit later. Oh, that's quite impressive, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not to be believed. Um, something I should tell you about these, for those technically minded, these broadcast on 446 megahertz on UHF. Um, these have eight channels, and they operate on a transmitter power of half a watt. That's for those technically minded out there. Just eight channels? Yeah, you think if everyone's got one of these and there's only eight channels people will talk all over each other but there's this clever thing called ctcss that can separate channels out to give you a bit more privacy hold on a minute i've only just got over pmr so that's five letters what do they stand for uh continuous tone coded squelch system or there's a new digital one called dcs so how much do the cobras retail for about 50 or 60 quid a pair and where can i get them 
have a look on our website. We'll have the latest prices on there. You know, you don't make anything easy for me, do you? Sorry, no. At uh, the other end of the spectrum, you've got something like this. Now, you see, this is a slightly larger unit, but still pretty portable and, and stylish. Uh, this is a Mitex. These actually operate on a frequency of 449 megahertz with a power of 5 watts. So these are 10 times more powerful than our Cobras here. Good grief. However, you need one of these piece of paper what do you set light to it and send smoke signals oh Ofcom Office of Communications what do they do then so this is an official license yeah these units that operate on 449 with a 5 watt transmitter have to have a license unfortunately our parent company does have a license so we can play around with these smashing so what do you reckon shall we uh, put some of these to the test yep let's get out now I'm going to get in the car now I'm actually going to be the passenger so I'm obviously not using these while I'm driving and I've also got an iPhone using an app called Free GPS, which gives us a distance as the crow flies. So I should be able to leave you here with a tape recorder, get into the car, drive off for a few miles to see how far these walkie-talkies reach. So this is the longest, straightest road we can find. Here we go. OK, so we are now on the move, heading in a westerly direction, 150 feet away, talking to you on the Cobra. And you're coming through loud and clear. We're now at the 1,000 foot mark and still heading in a westerly direction on the Cobra. Whilst I can hear you, there's quite a bit of crackle on the line. Checking in at the half a mile mark, talking to you on the Cobra. Half a mile mark and your signal's coming through. I can hear you, this crackle. Um, I can still make out what you're saying. And the bleak, the beacon bleak, comes through very clearly. Well, now I'm getting a lot of crackle. I can still make out what you're saying, though, but it's quite uh, quiet, in fact. OK, so we've hit the one-mile mark. I've just asked our driver to pull over, and we're going to try switching the radio to the one-mile mark to uh, see how this goes. At the moment, I'm talking to you on the Cobra. I'm now going to uh, switch over to the Motorola. So we're sitting here at the one-mile mark, one-mile west of Seoul. I'm now talking to you on the Motorola. Yes, the Motorola sounds somewhat clear. It's not so harsh with the crackling. Where are you now, Pete? Okay, so we're still at the one mile mark and I'm now switching to the Mitex, which should be the more powerful of the three radios that we're using. And in fact, comes through nice and clear. Okay, we're back on the move again. Now, just past the two and a half mile mark on the Cobra. Are you able to hear me, Carl? Yep, coming through loud. Okay, I'm going to get mobile. I'll check in at two and three quarter miles. Okay, I don't know what you were trying to tell me then, but I didn't get any of it. Over. Okay, three and a half miles, three and a half miles. So, three and a half miles on the Mitex is coming through quite clear. Okay, this is Pete talking four miles on the Mitex. Can you hear me on the Mitex at four miles? Well, strangely, at four miles, he comes through loud and clear on the Mitex. This is the only one surviving the test at this point. At least proven that we can just about do four miles from one of these portable TMR devices. Well, thank goodness for that. We're back in the warmth of the frequency car. Right then, what do you think of that, Pete? Yeah, interesting. Well, clearly this uh, device here, this Cobra, was pretty useless. It died after, what, two miles? Yeah, about two miles. Then we had this here Motorola that probably did about two and a half before that really gave up the ghost. That's a shame, wasn't it? Then we got this, uh, the Mitex, which was uh, the more powerful. Now, we really got about four miles out of that before that started to go. Yeah, absolutely, which is a bit disappointing, I must confess, because I thought that was going to go on for a lot longer. Well, considering it's a 
watt transmitter and the other ones are only 0.5 watts, 10 times more power, you'd expect a bit more range. Well, I think that's probably proven that the um, 5 watt Mitex is the best of the bunch. Cool. So there you go. Of course, the get out with these walkie-talkies is when they say 12 kilometres, they're talking clear line of sight, no buildings in the way, in absolutely perfect conditions, which is very, very difficult to achieve. Yeah, but we did do quite well, didn't we? Yeah, pretty impressed. Of course, if you really want walkie-talkies with a more serious range, get yourself two pay-as-you-go phones from three with a three SIM, and you can talk UK to UK over Skype for free. Best walkie-talkies around. Ah, Roger. Over and out. Right, can I do my gimmicky gadget now? Mm, Only if you can do it in 30 seconds, though. So here goes the gimmicky gadget in 30 seconds. And today's gadget is... Sound Machine. The dimensions are 10 by 6 by 2 centimetres and the colour is red. It takes four, sorry, three AG13 or LR44 watchlight batteries. It has a built-in speaker and 16 sound effects buttons, including breaking glass, gun load and shoot, and that inspirational ding. So I think you can all appreciate it's going to be a good laugh. Great for lectures, board meetings and anything else you want to do with it. Yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. Well, if you want one of these weird little gadgets, go and have a look at the show notes for show 51, where you can see a pic and a price. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. And now it's time to hear from you, as we take a look at your emails, texts, tweets and calls in interaction. First off, a mail from Adrian Higginbotham. Hi, I'd like to be able to watch programmes from catch-up TV services on my telly. I'm a Freeview watcher and don't particularly want to pay out for BT Vision or Virgin to do this. Are there any options short of plugging a laptop, nettop, into my TV and streaming in real time? Hi Adrian. Well, you could look at the Fetch TV box, which offers the BBC and Sky catch-up services. Or, alternatively, the upcoming HD box from Threeview, which will offer BBC iPlayer. You can also get the BBC iPlayer online from some games consoles and, of course, on Freesat. More solutions are bound to come out over the next year, but if you can't wait and none of the options we've listed suit, then hooking up a PC, either a laptop or a nettop, to your TV could be your best bet for now. If you've got a question for our tech guru, go to our website and hit the Contact Us on the top menu. That's what Dave Shields did. He said, On Show 50, you mentioned that ITV1 HD would be available on Freesat from the 2nd of April. I'm up in Scotland, and I can't find it on my EPG, even after a retune. Is it perhaps not available in my part of the world? I'm afraid that's true. ITV doesn't actually have a licence to broadcast in Scotland. It's the company STV that holds the licence. STV will apparently be launching their own HD channel in the future. As a result, ITV1 HD is not available on Freesat Channel 118 in Scotland. It's also not available to Sky users in Scotland. The workaround for Freesat appears to be to put in an English postcode into your Freesat receiver as it's the postcode that decides which region you're assigned. If you do this, you'll lose your regional programming, but you will gain ITV1 HD. Well, it's been very quiet on our podline over the last couple of weeks. If you want to get your voice on the show, call on 0208 133 or you can text us on 07882 043521. We've had a text in asking for a recommendation for a digital camera with GPS. Well, we've heard good things about the Samsung ST1000, which has a touchscreen and Wi-Fi, all for under £250. But we'd also recommend to anyone with a digital camera to take a look at the iFi SD card. This plugs into your camera's SD slot and lets you transfer your pictures off using Wi-Fi. It also geotags your photos. 
Link on our show notes and a full review coming soon. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Now we've got some feedback about our MP3 feature on the last show. Mark Hawkins thought we could have gone a bit deeper in our coverage. Sorry, we've only got a finite amount of time, I'm afraid, Mark. Mark said that the point he most agreed with was the comment we had about the single-purpose MP3 player, which was not where devices are going. Every single handheld now has something built into it with varying degrees of success. Mark says the distorting factor in the market is a sneeze. (laughs) It's a sneeze. Um, Mark says that the distorting factor in the market is the economics of the mobile phone market. Users have been conditioned to high continuing costs as the networks recover their infrastructure costs and need expensive smartphones to make contracts attractive over pay-as-you-go. Without this distortion, the £100 smartphone with the same functionality as the iPhone would be possible with cheap pay-as-you-go and this device would be the one that everyone wants. Perhaps a device by someone like Creative but based on Android could fill this gap. On a different subject, we looked at an excellent Cyx PDA in our Gadget Show special. This is a great replacement for my old Scion 5MX as it runs Windows XP and it's in colour, which is better than that old monochrome. But Mark suggested that we might want to take a look at the Nokia N810 internet tablet. Not a current model, but the new unit sold for less than £200. Yeah, and we've actually found one for £175, and you can get it cheaper second-hand. This is the Nokia N810, Carl. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I remember seeing one of these before. Where was that? Was that in a shop? I can't remember now. Yeah, well, it's all right, but uh, it's not really a a small laptop or a palm-top computer, is it? It's more like a, a fizzy functional phone. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's a Wi-Fi device. It's intended as a web device for emails and surfing. But uh, yeah, it's not a bad device, but not really quite a 5MX replacement, is it? Well, no, it doesn't run Windows, does it? And uh, it doesn't have that cool keyboard that means you can actually sit it down on a flat surface and, and type proper emails and, and also do other proper work on it. We'll stick a couple of pictures of both up on our website and anyone looking to replace their 5MX can take a look. Absolutely. Thanks for that. Oh, well, I remember, thanks to Graham Chu for a great little snippet on Freeview HD. He's warned us that our favourite, the Humax Fox T2, the aerial pass-through only works when the box is actually switched on. Putting the box into standby will prevent the TV from working if the TV error is connected as normal. Cheers, Graham. Cool. And hi to a very new listener in the form of Andy Fleming, who says, Hi guys, just listened to a few of your podcasts, and would like to say a very big well done. Thank you very much, Andy. You made things very clear without confusing me. Don't worry, I'm confused. You're doing better than I am. I listen to these shows and don't understand a word of them. Keep up the good work, gents. Thank you very much, Andy. And also a hi to some other new listeners, those listening to us on Hospital Radio Basingstoke. Welcome to the Frequency Cast family. Yep, hi there, Basingstoke. And of course, thanks for all your feedback. Got a question? Get in touch via www.frequencycast.co.uk and we could be answering your question in the next show. Got a comment? Chat with us at frequencycast.co.uk slash forum. Frequency Cast. Shut down in progress. So that's it for this show, show 51. For news updates or to get in touch, please stop by our website. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button or sign up for our free feed and newsletter. You'll find us at www.frequencycast.co.uk. Please keep an ear out for our next tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. Frequency Cast.